This is ESPN Radio. One thing that I see about Joe Burrow, if you ever look through his helmet, that man, he don't flinch. Put it in my hands, Trey. It's over. Just a kid from Ohio coming down, chasing a dream. I'm here to win games and win championships. They're calling him Joe Burrow. We are almost there, just 48 hours away from the Super Bowl. This is ESPN Radio. You're listening on the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and ESPN+. Plus. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I'm Amber Wilson. He's Chris Canty. We're hanging out with you for another hour. You can tweet to us at ChrisCanty99, at AmberW790. You can also join the conversation. Give us a call at the Canty call in line, 1-888-SAY-ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. We want to hear what are your Super Bowl traditions. We've been talking a whole lot about Super Bowl food and snacks as well on today's show. But Chris... I want to talk about the Super Bowl generally here because, of course, you've been in one. You started in one. You won one. Okay, so there's no better person for me to ask this question to than Chris Canty. What is the pressure like of Super Bowl week? How do you keep your mind straight? Obviously, both of these teams are dealing with that. It's probably a little easier on the Rams because they're at home in this game. But I would imagine the noise is very loud for both of these teams. There's a lot of family members and friends and everybody you've ever known in your life probably reaching out to you. The parties are probably tempting. There's temptations all around and you're off your game in terms of a routine. Well, I will say this, Amber, you're absolutely right when it comes to breaking your routine, and we know how important it is to be able to maintain that because NFL players are creatures of habit. But as far as the parties and the distractions go, I will say this. The parties after you win the Super Bowl are a lot better than the parties before the Super Bowl, and I'm sure that all the veterans in both locker rooms are trying to say that to all of the young guys. But as far as where we're at right now in less than 48 hours from kickoff, This is the time where you hunker down. Like, you're done spending time with family and friends that have gotten to the Super Bowl site. This is about locking in with your teammates, spending as much time around them as you possibly can. And for us, this was the time where we just let each and every one of our guys know how much we cared about them and how much we loved them, Amber. That was the difference. I I will say this. I didn't like every teammate that was on our Super Bowl-winning team, but I loved every single one of those guys. And sacrificing for something bigger than yourself – has to be a part of the equation when it comes to the overall chemistry it takes in order to win a Super Bowl. So that's what's happening right now. You're with your guys. You're not taking any phone calls. You're not worried about what's going on with your family or your friends. You are with your guys. You are focused on the last-minute adjustments, the little notes that are coming out about the other team, reports on injuries, trying to figure out what we need to do to counter some of the adjustments that the opposing team might make going over last-second film review, last-second walkthroughs, all of those different things, all the while processing the range of emotions that you're going through. Because you got to keep in mind, Amber, as a kid, this is what we all dreamed about, the opportunity to play in this game on this stage. When you're in the backyard and you're making an acrobatic catch when you're a kid, you're saying, you know, five seconds to go in the Super Bowl and you got the ball and you're, you're making the game-winning catch or you're making the game-winning throw. Now you have an opportunity to do that in real life. And so I think that's the the thing that you can't dismiss. This is the culmination of a lifetime of work for a lot of these guys to get to this stage and have a chance to be a part of one of the teams that will forever be etched in NFL history as the best in the world. And so it's tough to kind of go through that and try to settle yourself down 
and not have a lot of nervous energy going into the game. I will say this. I made sure that I got a good night's sleep the Friday night before Super Bowl Sunday because I knew I wasn't going to get much sleep that Saturday night. I just knew it. That was one of those where I was in my room by curfew, and I just so happened to have a view of Lucas Oil Stadium. And I remember, Amber, I was sitting there for hours just looking at Lucas Oil Stadium because I couldn't sleep. I'm sitting there in my hotel room looking at the stadium where I'm about to play the game of my life. That That's how it feels as a player. That's what you're going through. And it's really one of those things that nobody else can kind of help you through. You have to sit in that yourself, and you have to process all of those things. But the thing I will say is the team that understands that, the team that doesn't try to normalize it but understands that this is unlike any other experience, unlike any other game you've ever played in, I think that's the team that can give itself an opportunity to adjust the quickest when it comes to doing the things that you need to do on the field in order to have success. It's quite literally everything you have been working towards your entire life. And if you make it to that level, then you've been working towards it your entire life for most everybody on that field. And you mentioned playing football in your backyard as a kid. Nobody, when they're dreaming and pretending to be playing in the Super Bowl, is pretending to lose in the Super Bowl, right? I mean, everyone is pretending to win in the Super Bowl. Nobody even dreams of losing in the Super Bowl. So you're definitely not prepared for that experience. So let's talk about what happens here if the Rams lose in the Super Bowl, and specifically to Odell Beckham Jr. Because OBJ... He's had a difficult story. I I don't know where we are now with the OBJ reputation. Even when he first got to the Rams, he wasn't doing much for them. Now he's been spectacular here in this postseason. We assume he'll be a big piece of the game on Sunday. Does the narrative around OBJ, has it already changed, Chris? I'll start there because obviously he's in a Super Bowl now. So has that narrative kind of already changed and those questions that we have maybe stemming from his time in Cleveland most recently? Like, has that already been erased by his mere presence in the Super Bowl? What happens? Does he need to win one here? What happens if he loses one to his rep? I think that already has changed, Amber, in terms of how he's perceived around NFL circles. Keeping in mind, when Odell had his pick of teams that he wanted to go to, the Rams were floated out there, but it was also the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And why I thought it was interesting that he chose the Rams is because at the time, the Rams had Cooper Cup and a healthy Robert Woods, not to mention Van Jefferson and Tyler Higby. So Odell was essentially going to be a tertiary option or the fourth option when it came to targets in that offense. Now, it just so happens through a couple of injuries that he's been thrust into that number two role. But his acceptance of being more of a role player and not having to be the focal point of an offense, not having to be the star, shows a level of growth and maturity that we didn't see in him in Cleveland and we certainly didn't see in him in New York. And so I think along with that has come an acceptance of where he's at in his career and just the focus on being able to win at the highest level and not prioritizing being a star, not trying to think about anything else away from football, just focused on trying to be the best that he can be and help his team win in any role that the coach deems necessary. And so I think that part about it has changed because if you talk to a lot of his teammates, Baker Mayfield notwithstanding, his teammates have a lot of positive things to say about him. At the end of his tenure in Cleveland, that locker room was split because a lot of those guys didn't want to see Odell go. 
I know a lot of former Giants players have nothing but good things to say about Odell, despite the optics when he left town at that at that time. So it's one of those situations now. I think things have changed for Odell just because he's been highly productive, especially in the playoffs. But then this acceptance of a secondary role in this offense, I think a lot of people around the National Football League and a lot of people in NFL fan bases and media have a different opinion of Odell, no matter what happens on Super Bowl Sunday. Well, I would say this outside perception of him hasn't been great coming off of his time in Cleveland. We've only seen him on the Rams since November, so I don't know if I necessarily think the rep has changed just yet, but I do think it would be impacted by him winning a Super Bowl here. Here's Odell Beckham Jr. He's discussing how all of that resilient, how all of that, everything that he's faced with the Browns and even when the Giants earlier in his career, how it's all led up to this moment. I remember... Um watching the Super Bowl last year, my ACL, and it just wasn't, it wasn't the best feeling in the world to have to watch that. And I said, I'm going to play in that Super Bowl next year. In Los Angeles, like, who is supposed to be for me? Like, I'm supposed to be playing in it. Um, not only playing in it, like, I, you've got to win. Um, and to be here, to, to not knowing that I wasn't going to be um, in Cleveland, to that I was going to be on the Los Angeles Rams, like, I could have never... I could have never seen it. Um, I could have never seen it. So definitely would be the one thing I've learned about myself is how resilient I truly am and how no matter how many times I fall down, I'm I'm just going to continue to stand back up. So OBJ made it to the Super Bowl like he expected to in Los Angeles in a different uniform than, frankly, the one that he probably anticipated being there in. But we will see how that pans out on Sunday. We also want to know how things are panning out for you all on Sunday as well. Give us a call, 1-888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Coming up next, what is your Super Bowl viewing preference and your traditions? That's next here on ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Chris Canty. This is ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Chris Canty hanging out with you here on ESPN Radio. The day before the day before the big day. And so I want to know, Chris, do you have any Super Bowl traditions other than, you know, like playing in them and winning them and all that, that nonsense? <laughs> in your career? But now that you're just a fan, now that you're a regular person, just like us, what do you do for the Super Bowl? What is the one thing that you absolutely have to do? It doesn't have to be food. Just like what's your Super Bowl viewing experience like? Okay, so this is where I'm at with it, Amber. And last year was a little bit different because I'm with the fiance and she wanted to host some of her friends, some of my friends for a Super Bowl party, which was cool. But usually I prefer to watch the Super Bowl by myself. I want to hear all of the commentary from the color analyst, the play-by-play guy. I want to be engrossed in the moment, and I don't like the distraction of other people around me talking about things other than the game or other people around me asking me questions about the game. Leave me the hell alone. This is the last football game of the season, and I want to enjoy it. And the way I enjoy it is by being able to lock in being able to focus, see all of the things that are happening, and hear about the commentary from the people that are calling the game. I hate, absolutely hate the distraction of other people chopping it up about other things and then asking me questions about football when you know that they really don't know anything about football anyway, but they want some water cooler material for when they go to work the next day. Gets on my damn nerves. 
That's why I choose to watch the Super Bowl by my damn self so I'm not bothered, so I can enjoy it. Because it is one of those bittersweet things. It's the culmination of everything we've been watching throughout the entire NFL season. But it is the last football game that's going to matter for what? Until September? So you're talking about a, a whole seven months? Let me enjoy the game in peace. That's all I ask. I want my pizza, I want my wings, and I want the opportunity to lock in without having to be distracted by anyone. I'm so with you. I think this is a sports nerd thing, though, because I am so here for watching the game by myself and actually watching the game. I don't think probably most people are in that camp. And that's all being said, and yet I'm having a huge Super Bowl party this year. <laughs> that was not at all my my doing. It was completely my husband's doing because he wants to have people over, like how your fiance wanted to have people over. And I also live in fear. Now, people probably want to talk to you about football because obviously you're a player, a former player. People want to talk to me about football because... First of all, if you're a woman and you know about sports, people think you're an enigma, even though you're not an enigma and there's like a gajillion of us, but people think that. So they feel this need to ask you questions like you're, you know, like they just can't believe that you would know anything about sports. So if you're at a big party, that 100% happens and you can't watch the game because people are trying to talk to you. And then also... You get so distracted with, you know, you want the food there, Chris, but the food isn't the only thing to me. Like, there is a game going on. The drinks aren't the only thing to me. There is a game going on, and if there's too many people, which I'm very concerned about is going to be the case in my household on Sunday, then it might completely take away from the televisions. Also on Sunday, and this seems real ill-advised, we made kids optional for everybody, and everybody's bringing their kids. Oh, So there's going to be all sorts of kids up in my house, and... Kids aren't trying to sit down and watch a football game, especially little kids. And I have a very young son at home who's a toddler and him and his little toddler friends. It's going to be mayhem in my household. Real talk. I might have to sneak out at some point. I might just sneak out, come up to New York and go to your place, Chris. I mean, listen, peace and quiet. you got the kids coming over there. They're going to be trying to play football because they're watching football players on TV. So while you're trying to watch the game, they literally could be tossing things around, pretending that it's a football I'm not saying, I'm just saying, don't want to wish that on you, but you could be headed down that path. Now, Amber, one of the other pet peeves that I have when you do have people over watching the Super Bowl, there are people that will literally talk while the game is on, but then ask you to be quiet when the commercials come on so they can watch those. I can't understand those people for the life of me, and I feel like my fiance, not trying to throw her under the bus, happens to be one of those people. Because when I asked her what she's looking forward to on Super Bowl Sunday, she literally told me commercials, number one, because she's in marketing. But then she also said the snacks, and then it's the last football game of the season. Not that it's, okay, I want to make sure I enjoy the last football game of the season. It's, oh, it's the last football game of the season, so after this, I don't have to worry about sitting with you throughout every Sunday afternoon being locked in front of the TV with football on. It seems like Chris Canty's fiance inspired our Geico Twitter poll. And you I guys think she did. can go. Yeah. I think she might have. You guys can go vote on the Geico Twitter poll at, at ESPN Radio on Twitter. We're asking you what you are most looking forward to on Sunday. Your options commercials. Apparently, that's Chris Canty's fiance. Snacks halftime show which we haven't talked anything about the halftime show by the way like this i am so pumped up about this halftime show i'm not normally a big halftime show person give me 90s rap 
all day long. I don't care. Hello. I'll show my yeah. age. You know what yeah. this is? Yeah. Your girl right here was front row up in smoke tour. The year was nice. 2000. I was a junior in high school. Might have gotten asked to go back and stay backstage yes. after the show. And I might have then informed them that I was only 17. And, and real quickly, uh, <laughs> that invite got rejected. Nevertheless, I was there. I watched Dre. I watched Snoop. I watched Eminem. I watched okay. them all in person. Okay, let's run it back in 2022. It's basically the up and smoke tour at halftime. I'm here for it, Chris. Absolutely. And I'm glad that the NFL is leaning into the culture a little bit because this is a halftime show where there is a marriage between hip hop and the NFL. And so we know a lot of players embrace the culture surrounding hip hop, but now it seems like the NFL is also welcoming it with open arms by giving them the biggest stage that they can offer any entertainment which is the Super Bowl halftime show. So you got M, you got Dre, you got Snoop, you got Kendrick Lamar, and you got the queen of R&B, Mary J. Blige. I'm pretty sure there's going to be some special guests out there that we don't know of that's going to come out and light up the stage. But this is going to be a really, really fun Super Bowl halftime show. That is not something that you're going to want to miss with this one. Absolutely not something you're going to want to miss. The only thing that would have made that better is if Pac was out there too. But coming up next, this or that – Jamar Chase or Jalen Ramsey. But first, Chris, tell us about eBay. All right. Let's go with eBay making it happen. You want me to stall when you're part- a little nah, bit? No, nah, I got <laughs> you. you. Got I got you, Amber. You got I got you. You know what? Listen, I was stalling a little bit, but sometimes your offense stalls a little bit. It's not firing on all cylinders, and it shows. Like Maybe you dropped the ball. Maybe you just can't work your way down the field. But when that happens, the only solution is to replace that part with something better. It's the same with your car, but unlike in sports, a new batch of car parts can't be drafted every year. That's why eBay Motors exists. They have all the right parts at the right prices. In fact, eBay Motors has 122 million parts. That's a lot of parts. That way you can get the parts you need to make your car a winner. Just saying, go to ebaymotors.com and let's ride. Amber Wilson, Chris Canny. ESPN Radio, back after this. This is ESPN Radio. You're listening to ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Chris Canty. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to us at Chris Canty 99 at Amber W790. Obviously, a ton of Super Bowl talk on today's show and Kind of strangely, a bunch of food talk as well. But listen, the Super Bowl and food go hand in hand. I am incredibly hungry. I'm glad that we're getting off air at 7 so I can go eat pretty soon. Weekend Preview is brought to you by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. So let's have a little fun this segment. We'll still keep Super Bowl, but we'll have fun with this one. We're going to bring in our producer, Shannon. We're going to play a little of this or that. Shannon, what's up? All right, here we go. Let's do some preview for the Super Bowl. Chris, I will start with you. This or that, who are you taking, Joe Burrow or the Rams pass rush? Man, you know who I'm going with. I'm going with Joe Burrow. Cartier frames on. He won't even see the pass rush, or at least that's how I played out with the Kansas City Chiefs and Chris Jones. Joe Burrow has shown an uncanny ability to be able to navigate the pocket, being able to manipulate it, to sidestep some of those defenders that are coming at him, step up and step out away from pressure, especially in the playoffs. I'm going to look for him to do that early and often. And then also his head coach, Zach Taylor, who happens to be the de facto offensive coordinator, 
dialing up a lot of play calls that get the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands quickly. It's going to be hard for that pass rush to have an impact on three-step drops, and I would anticipate a heavy dose of that, especially early on, to try to frustrate the pass rush of the L.A. Rams. So I'm going with Joe Burrow in this matchup. Why wouldn't I? Well, why wouldn't you is because of who we're talking about in terms of this pass rush and how unbelievably athletic that D-line is for the Rams. And you're talking about a line with two Hall of two future Hall of Famers on it. You're talking about a defense with three future future Hall of Famers on it. I mean, that's why you wouldn't go with Joe Burrow. Now, I will say that I want Joe Burrow to get the better here of the Rams pass rush. Like, I love Joe Cool. I want to buy into this. Let's make Joe Burrow the face of the NFL, which probably will happen if he wins the Super Bowl. Typically, I'm rooting for when I have a take, I'm rooting for that take to be right because there's nothing more in life that I like than being right, like in this whole world. However, I am in this game going to be rooting for Joe Burrow to get it done. I just don't believe he's going to be able to get it done. Or more importantly, I don't believe that his O-line is going to be able to hold up against that pass rush. So really, this this or that should be Bengals O-line against Rams D-line. I'm taking the Rams D-line all day. All right, Amber, let's move on. This or that, who are you taking, Jamar Chase or Jalen Ramsey? Oh, this is an interesting one. You know what? I think actually I'll go the opposite way on here. I'll go Jamar Chase just to get crazy and switch things up. But also because Jalen has a lot more to do out there in terms of having his hands full in zone D. And he does have to worry about those other other receivers that the Bengals have that everyone's sleeping on. So I'll say Jamar Chase, but probably also because I just kind of want that to be the case, Chris. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Amber. We see eye to eye. I'm going with Jamar Chase as well. If this was a situation where the Rams' defense under Raheem Morris played a lot of man coverage, then I would have more confidence in Jalen Ramsey being able to lock up on Jamar Chase and shut him down. Ramsey is one of the most physical corners in the NFL. His gifts are unbelievable. He's over 6 feet tall, over 200 pounds, so he can handle Jamar Chase from a physicality standpoint. I just don't think his defensive scheme is going to give him the ability to be able to do that all game long. Because they their other corners can't hold up in man-to-man coverage consistently enough. So I'm going to go with Jamar Chase because he's going to have opportunities to get loose against that zone-heavy secondary that the Rams are bringing to the party. A lot of open windows. Joe Burrow's going to put it on him. Jamar Chase catch-and-run opportunities. Look for some big plays from Jamar Chase in the passing game. The dude is a running back when he gets the ball in his hands. That's how tough he is to bring down. All right, Chris, let's go. This or that, who are you taking, Cooper Cup or this Bengals secondary? Man, it's Cooper Cup versus everybody. Like, I'm, I I like this Bengals secondary, but I love what Cooper Cup brings to the table, man. Like, we're, I think we're talking about the two best receivers in this, in this NFL, in this particular matchup between Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. And I'm not sure which one is number one and which one is number two. But Cooper Cup is going to get his, and Sean McVay has shown the ability to be able to scheme this dude open. Even when you know that they're going to Cooper Cup, he still finds a way to be able to impact the game and get the ball in his hands. So I I just, I'm going with Cooper Cup as much respect as I have for Von Bell, Jesse Bates III, Chidobe Awuzie, like all of those guys, Mike Hilton, the nickel corner for the Bengals. I got a lot of respect for all of those dudes, but I got more respect in the bank for Cooper Cup. He's just that damn good. 
We've spent a lot of time talking about the Rams secondary. We've spent hardly any time talking about the Bengals secondary this week, and we spent quite a bit of time talking about Cooper Cup. Obviously, the offensive player of the year, I think that he's going to have a big game here. When we had on Aaron Schatz earlier in the show, he told us that Bengals defense isn't even as good as we think that Bengals defense is. He said it's mediocre at best, and he included the secondary in that. So I'm definitely choosing Cooper Cup over the Bengals secondary. This is ESPN Radio that you're listening to with Aaron. Amber Wilson and Chris Canty. What else you got, Shannon? All right, this or that, Amber. Who you taking, Joe Mixon or the Rams linebackers? <sighs> this is this is a harder one for me because Joe Mixon. You know what? I'll go Rams linebackers here because Joe Mixon mm. hasn't had as good of a postseason as he was having during the regular season, and his numbers are trending downward. That being said, I'm nervous about saying the Rams linebackers because I do think that if Zach Taylor has a good game plan, it needs to involve Joe Mixon more than maybe we're expecting it to. I think he's going to have to utilize Joe Mixon in a variety of ways, including running straight at that line to try to slow down that rush. However, just based on what I've seen this postseason, and even though Mixon's been good on tape, and even though he's out there breaking tackles at a high rate, I'm still going to go Rand's linebackers just because of what defense that we're talking about. All right, I'm going to keep it all the way a buck with you. We're really talking about Joe Mixon versus Troy Reader, who's the stack linebacker for the Los Angeles Rams. And let me tell you something, that's a mismatch. And we know that the Rams spend a lot of time, 80% in nickel and dime packages. So that means you're talking about light boxes and cornerbacks and safeties having to be a big part of slowing down the run game. I just don't see those guys tackling Joe Mixon, a running back who's averaging three yards per carry after contact. Three yards per carry after contact, over 50 broken tackles. He's one of seven running backs in the NFL to do that this season with that amount of rush attempts. So I'm going with Joe Mixon over the Rams linebackers, and I think Joe Mixon has a big impact on what this game looks like. All right, last and certainly not least, Chris, this or that, who are you taking, Evan McPherson or Matt Gay? I'm going with Matt Gay just because I'm what? not going to give Amber Wilson the what? satisfaction of picking <gasps> Money Mac. I know Money Mac is the better kicker. There is no debate. He accounts for 40% of the points that the Bengals have scored this season. I get all of that, but there's no way that I'm going to give Amber Wilson the satisfaction of picking her fellow University of Florida alum kicker. I'm Go not going to do it. I can't do it. It goes against my every principle, my every value. I'm not going to give Amber Wilson that win because, as I've stated before, and I'll state it again, kickers aren't football players. They're barely even people. Not only are they football players, they're also draft picks. And that it was a heck of a draft pick by the Cincinnati Bengals because this dude has accounted for so many points that the Bengals have scored all season long. And like you mentioned, 50% of their points here in the postseason. Quite literally, without Evan McPherson, this Bengals team would not be in the Super Bowl. And I'm not even just talking about his walk-off kicks, which obviously we've now seen him do multiple times. Money Mac is by far one of the most important players on that field. I'll say one of, Chris, even though he might be the most important. He might be the best rookie on that team. Sorry, Jamar. It's Money Mac all day, every day. Thanks, Shannon for throwing that out there and including that one in there because there's nothing that makes me happier in life than getting Chris Canty riled up about kickers next let's see if we can get Chris Canty riled up about Super Bowl picks we will give you ours finally what everyone's been waiting for that is next on ESPN radio this is ESPN radio
Coming down the stretch here on ESPN Radio, wrapping things up for Super Bowl week. I'm Amber Wilson. He's Chris Canty. The NBA is on ESPN Radio. Tune in tomorrow night as the Warriors host the Lakers, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. So plenty of Super Bowl talk on today's show. Lots of snacks and food talk as well. I did discover that me and Chris Canty kind of see eye to eye when it comes to Super Bowl food. So that's good to know, even if we don't see eye to eye on kickers in this Super Bowl. (laughs) We had a ton of guests on today's show. We want to give them a huge shout out. Drew Brees for giving us some of his time. Juju Smith-Schuster for joining us. Aiden Hutchinson, probably the number one pick in this year's draft. Aaron Schatz, he broke things down for us in terms of this Super Bowl. And of course, friend of the show, Sal Palantonio. We always love having Sal Pal on the show. So now comes the final stretch of the show, Chris Canty. It's something that we call around here, three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. So, Chris, let's start with the tight end of the Cincinnati Bengals saying something that I consider really disgusting that he's going to (laughs) do if his Cincinnati Bengals win this Super Bowl. CJ Uzuma, he says... He's going to take a certain type of bath. Listen to this. Uh, I was on a podcast, uh, PM, uh, PMT podcast with Big Cat, and he said he was going to do it. And I said, I'll join you. Easy. 100%. I'm wearing okay. swim trunks, but I'll, you put it in a swimming pool, I'll dive in there and I'll eat my way out. Okay. The, what he's talking about in that clip is chili. And obviously we know about Skyline Chili with Cincy. I've never had Skyline Chili, but the thought of like, being in a vat of chili. First of all, how do you even order that much chili to fill up a bathtub that's going to cover him? But regardless of that, like being in a vat of chili, I don't care what type of chili it is. I don't care how good that chili is that they have in Cincinnati. Can't be that good. I mean, you're asking the question, how can you fill up a pool or a bathtub with chili? Let me tell you something. The people in Cincinnati will figure that out really quickly if the Bengals win the Lombardi on Sunday. I promise you that. As far as CJ Uzuma goes, yeah, absolutely. Skyline Chili is one of the things that the Natty is known for. And if you win the Super Bowl, why wouldn't you take that up? Why wouldn't you want to do that to commemorate one of the biggest achievements in your life? You will forever be known as a champion. There are a few things in life that you can do once, and that will define your life. Winning a Super Bowl is one of them. So I ain't even mad at C.J. Uzuma for being willing to celebrate by throwing on a pair of swim trunks, jumping in a pool of chili, and then eating his way out of it. It'll make for a great story to tell your grandkids one day when you talk about what you did to celebrate the Super Bowl. Probably won't be as cool as having a parade with three million people in the Canyon of Heroes in New York City, but I digress. All I'm saying is this. Winning a Super Bowl, why not celebrate and and enjoy it and do crazy off-the-wall things? That's what it's for. To the victor goes the spoils. You can do whatever the hell you want when you win a Super Bowl. Amber, quick story. When we won Super Bowl Forty Six, the next day, when we showed up to the airport, we actually got there after the New England Patriots did. They boarded before we did, but the air traffic controllers, they held the Patriots' plane, let us finish boarding. We flew out first. Why? Because we were the winners. That's what winners do. So if winners want to dive into a pool of Skyline Chili and eat their way out of it, Who are we to tell them that they can't do it? Who are we to say that they shouldn't do it? They're the winners. 
That, I, that's all well and good. I, I just feel like that's something more the losers should do. Like the losers should take a bath in chili. Maybe the winners should take a bath in something like champagne. That sounds much more enjoyable to me. But moving on to another winner, snowboarder Sean White placed fourth in the half pipe. It was his final Olympics competition. An unbelievably storied career, Chris Canty, for Sean White, who's hanging it up. Yeah, 20 years of doing it at a really high level, five Olympics, and he's won five goals. So shout out to him for being able to have that type of career. I mean, being able to compete for that long in a sport like that, that's incredible. That just shows you the mental toughness that he has and then the discipline that he has to be able to participate in that many Olympics. You're usually talking about Olympic athletes having, you know, two cycles at best in order to be able to compete. The fact that he's done it, over the span of 20 years, absolutely incredible. So shout out to Sean White for being able to do that. Even though he didn't go out the way that he probably wanted to, at least he can talk about his career and being one of the best who had ever done it in the world over the course of the last two decades. This is ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Chris Canty. All right, Chris, it's the time that everybody has been waiting for, our Super Bowl picks we got to give them. Let's put it on the line. The Los Angeles Rams, they are favored by four points Versus the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm taking the Rams. I'll take them straight up. I'll take them against the spread. I'm going to be rooting for the Bengals in this game. I've been hot on the Bengals since the end of the season and into this postseason, but I just can't do it when we're talking about the Super Bowl. The Rams are the better team. I have them getting it done. I hear what you're talking about, Amber, and usually we're on the same page when it comes to betting lines and things of that nature, but we're definitely not on the same page when it comes to this one. I'm rolling with the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going with the underdog, although you don't want to hear that. You don't want to say that around them because if they hear it, they're going to feel a way about it. There's a reason why there's so much money coming in on this team on the money line because a lot of people see value in it. And, Amber, I'll say this. The Cincinnati Bengals, they're more than just a feel-good story. This is a team that's capable of winning it all because they believe in themselves and they believe in their quarterback. I got the final score, 26-23 Bengals with Joe Burrow being Super Bowl MVP. I'll take the Bengals with the spread. I'll take them against the, I'll take them with the money line. Doesn't matter. I'm rolling with the Bengals. Day. I don't really have a dog in the fight. But I think the Bengals with Joe Burrow get it done in Super Bowl 56. Chris Canty loves an underdog in a Super Bowl. I wonder why. It did work out for you quite well. We'll see if it works out for Joe Burrow on Sunday. I hope it does. Coming up next, I know it'll work out with you listening to Spain and Fix. They are next here on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80.